0: Okay. Good evening, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to uh, the Planning Policy Working Group. Um, item one on the agenda. Uh, just sorry to remind you that this is a uh, live recording meeting. Um, Item 1 on the agenda, apologies for absence and declarations of interest. I
1: have an apology from Councillor Parry.
0: And I believe we also have one from Councillor Oliver. Okay.
2: Could I declare an interest on item, I believe, 9 on the agenda, on the Essex Waste Plan as a member of Essex County Council?
0: Right, thank you. Item 2, minutes of the meeting held on the 8th of June. Uh, those present, do you believe it to be a correct record? Question. Item three, the matters arising from those minutes, and I'll take them in PP uh, numbering. So, uh, PP one, which was the presentation.
3: Yes, Chairman. Um, on page, top of page eight, I couldn't understand the question and therefore wonder whether it was an an error or something else. Development has been progressing at the rate of 150 houses a year. Uh, I couldn't put that into any context and wonder whether therefore it was talking about something else or whether it was a typo. Should it be 450?
0: It, well, certainly, if it was Uttlesford, it would be nearer to 450. Um, I, the, the, we'll remember the um, the point of the question, which is that uh, big developments, very often uh, of this size, very often uh, take place at that sort of level. I think was the point they're making, they were making. Could it be speeded up? Could you have a faster speed on a big development? That typically, it might be about 150 year on a large to development one site.
3: It makes sense. Yeah. C- could I? I'll wait to you get onto PP3. Okay,
0: thank you. Uh, PP2, PP3.
3: Yes, Chairman. I wonder whether there's any further clarification on the assessment um, criteria that Essex um, County Council is going to use on the Schlau. It was left somewhat up in the air last time, and I'm not sure that it's answered in the documentation that we have to tonight's meeting, but maybe... Maybe it is, and somebody can reassure me, please. We can
0: either take that now, Councillor Dean, or when we get to the Schlar, how would officers like to treat that? Martin? Thank you. Um,
4: Yes, I think I can answer that. So... Um, there are two ways in which uh, two reports that will address that matter. One is tonight, it's the strategic housing land availability assessment report, which contains a methodology. But I think of more interest, perhaps, um, for that particular issue is next at uh, the next working group meeting on the 27th, we will be presenting the what's known as the sustainability appraisal scoping report, which will contain the criteria that will be used uh, going forwards.
0: So I think probably the next meeting will be the the key one in that respect.
3: Thank you, that's a satisfactory answer for now. Thank you. PP 4, 5, 6.
0: Okay, we'll take those uh, minutes as a true record and the matters arising have been dealt with. That takes us on to item 4, the local plan work plan and I ask Mr Payne to Take us through that, I think, uh, for the benefit of all these reports, um, you can assume that the uh, working group has read them, but I think for the benefit of uh, the audience that we have, and indeed to bring out the key points, it would be worth just a, an introduction on them all. Well, a bit more than an introduction, yeah. Okay, thank you Chairman, Um, yes as you'll uh,
4: be aware I've been working at Suttlesford Council for less than a month um, but many of the issues seem very familiar to me from my previous uh, workplace at East Hertfordshire, Uh, there's a mix of historic market towns and villages, open countryside with very high pressure for residential development and creaking infrastructure. There are four main requirements of local plans set out in national planning policy, namely that they should be positively prepared, justified, effective and consistent with national policy. I followed the progress of the local plan here over the years from the standpoint of a third party observer and I've carefully studied the local plan inspector's report from December last year. My reading of the report is that the main difficulty with the plan was that it was insufficiently justified. This means that the audit trail of how decisions were taken and what consideration was given to rejected options was unclear. The first three reports tonight therefore propose a process to address this deficiency and to ensure that next time round the local plan can be found sound at examination and perhaps even more importantly that stakeholders in the community can understand how decisions were reached. I would like to point out that is far uh, far from alone in struggling to get a local plan adopted. Um, Appendix A to the first report contains a list of the 90 local planning authorities whose plan has been found sound at examination since the introduction of the uh, National Planning Policy Framework in March 2012. Taken as a total of the 337 local planning authorities in England, this represents a figure of 27% found sound over nearly three and a half years. There are a number of reasons for this low number, which could be explored in more detail, but for now it's sufficient to observe that getting a plan in place is a huge challenge. Production of a a sound local plan is complex and requires the sustained commitment and understanding of members as decision makers. In order to ensure transparent communication of the process from the outset, I propose to issue a regular email update to all members on progress with the local plan. This update will also be sent to parish clerks for distribution to parish councillors and others as appropriate. Officers welcome comments from members at any time. Any member comments will be considered and a response will be reported back to the working group on matters arising. And the email address for reference is planningpolicy at um, acknowledging the jargon, which, is unfor- which unfortunately pervades the planning system, a glossary and list of acronyms is provided at Appendix B to the report, item four. Members may find it helpful to refer to this over the coming months as work progresses. So, um, turning to the, the first report, item four, then this addresses the local plan work plan and risk assessment. Uh, The work plan sets out the main tasks in preparing the local plan, including establishing the level of objectively assessed housing needs, constraints mapping, infrastructure planning, provision for gypsies and travellers, transport assessment, technical studies, policy drafting, public consultation, stakeholder engagement and various other tasks. It also explains that the development strategy process is where all these considerations need to come together, and this will be discussed further under Agenda Items 5 and 6. The work plan provides a summary of the Strategic Housing Land Availability Assessment, or SLA, which is an assessment of all the sites submitted to the Council through the call for sites. To date, over 300 site suggestions have been received, and the process of mapping and inputting all the details from each site pro forma submitted is anticipated to take some time. The SCHLA report, including the sites submitted, will therefore be made available in due course once all the data has been collated. This is anticipated later this year. The second part of the report comprises a risk assessment which notes that whilst good project management can help to minimise risks, the experience of most local planning authorities across the country has been one of hold-ups and delays. The report notes that preparing a local plan is very expensive, for example in commissioning specialist reports, and also how it's dependent on input from public sector stakeholders such as the County Council and the NHS which are suffering their own resourcing challenges and may struggle to provide timely inputs to the local plan. Political risks are another significant aspect of project management. Local plans are required by national policy to address many contentious issues, for example the location of strategic scale development sites, as well as provision for gypsy and traveller sites and assessment of greenbelt. As decision makers on the local plan, the political risks for councillors are considerable, as are the risks to to the plan making process if councillors don't understand the process and the national requirements. For this reason, considerable effort is being invested in establishing the process at this early stage. One consequence of an open and transparent approach to plan making will be an extended period of uncertainty which may be a cause of some concern to local residents. This applies to the Council's consideration of potential housing sites and other land uses including gypsy and traveller pitches. Such concerns, whilst understandable, should be balanced against the need to ensure that the process of plan making is subject to public scrutiny. The Council will do everything it can to expedite process on the local plan, subject to ensuring that it is complied with the requirements of soundness set out in national policy. The report recommends that district councillors don't uh, engage directly with landowners and developers since this may compromise the ability of the council to make impartial decisions. Notes will be taken of any officer meetings with landowners and developers and these will be reported back to the Planning Policy Working Group. It's important that all members understand national requirements set out in the National Planning Policy Framework, or known as the MPPF, and the wider context and implications of their decisions and their public statements. The planning policy team will provide assistance in this respect as work progresses. Uh, Chairman,
0: that concludes my introduction to the first report. Thank you very much indeed, uh, Mr Payne. Colleagues, do you wish to comment on the plan?
5: Barker,
2: um, Could I ask, um, evidently you wrote this report um, some ten days ago or a bit earlier than that, and presumably some of what you've written was also written a couple of days ago. Um, what are your thoughts on anything that's going to change this situation, considering we had a mini-budget last week?
4: <laughs> that's a very interesting question. Um, I think that... Um, The implications of the budget are, well, could operate at various levels in terms of whether the funding for local government is there and the funding to undertake technical studies, uh, which is obviously an issue that we need to address. As I've I've indicated in the report, uh, it's not cheap producing a local plan, and that's a very important thing. Um, I think actually perhaps more important than the budget in many respects for this process is um, something that the government's addressed um, through what's known as the Productivity Plan, which was published last week, which indicated that that local planning authorities should be uh, producing and adopting a local plan according to a time frame which will be set out and published by the government in the next couple of weeks. Um, The indications are from that report that local authorities who are unable to meet that timeline will have the plan-making powers taken away from them and the government will intervene to produce a plan for those areas without a plan. So given that about three-quarters of the local authorities in the country do not currently have a local plan that has been adopted since the introduction of the MPPF, that's obviously a vast challenge for the whole country. Um, And I think that's uh, that's something we'll be
6: closely looking at. Councillor Lodge Thank you, Chair. I've, I've got three points arising from that. Would you like to deal with them individually, maybe get responses and then move on? Is that acceptable? That's fine. Yep. We'll, we'll take all three points, one at a time. Yeah. Okay. Um, firstly, you, you mentioned the transport assessment uh, which is, is a major problem for uh, particularly Saffron, and but a num- number of towns. Um, you say that um, that you lay out uh, difficulty in preparing that and I know that in, in the last plan uh, the transport strategy probably will be deemed to come rather late after after so much else was formulated. I wonder if this time how and when were we going to do that? Um, so we are currently
4: preparing a report which will be considered at the next meeting of this group on the 27th. Um, I think my my opinion is that Um, we need to very urgently look at the transport modelling that is available because, for example, um, unless you have a transport model yielding data on specific roads, it's very difficult to say whether the impacts would or would not be acceptable in any case and the bar is set very high by the National Planning Policy Framework in terms of uh, demonstrating that um, uh, you've got evidence before you decide that a particular option is not appropriate or would cause undue harm to the local road network. Um, I know from experience that one of the phrases that you hear very commonly used is gridlock Um, Now, in planning policy terms, that's not recognised. What we need to do is actually get some evidence to substantiate what the position is. So, commonly what happens is that you you develop a transport model, and then when that transport model is ready, you then develop uh, some mitigation measures. So, it might be a a highways uh, scheme, That can be coded into the transport model without wanting to get too technical here Um, and then that gets tested and it shows what the results are so if there are areas of the district and i suspect there are that don't have that kind of coverage then we need to ascertain very quickly um, whether those models need to be put in place so but as i say there'll be a, a paper on this at the next meeting
6: Thank you. Next meeting, that sound, sounds like not too long to wait. But I presume it could also be an iterative process, as we find sites that, that could easily change the plan. It must be difficult to lock it in. Yes. Absolutely, yes. Almost an entire question. One, that. Being one of, I think that's um,
4: uh, one of the reasons why so many local planning authorities have found this a very time-consuming process, because... Uh, iterative process is really the key key phrase here. You can't start off with uh, with a fully formed plan. You have to uh, look at options see what the effects are, test them and then if they don't work so well you have to look at some others and that, that can take a long time and, and similarly with um, mitigation measures you can't you don't know until you've tested whether they'll be effective or not and if the first lot of mitigation measures aren't effective you have to go away and design some more so it can be yeah. very time consuming and I think that's really important in terms of the timeline for the for the local plan because I intentionally didn't put any dates in the report as you'll notice it, the, the, the table in there has uh, six steps, so that's really to give us some idea. I think obviously as we go through the process we'll need to review the, uh, the, the dates and uh, how long we think
6: it's going to take, but at the moment that's the, that's the best I, I feel we, we can do. Okay, we'll watch that as it goes along. So second point is that um, there seems to be complete silence on education strategy. How, uh, what are your plans for that? <laughs>
4: Uh, there's not complete silence it's it's mentioned in there schools, education, infrastructure is a huge part of the local plan and again that's one of the reasons as I mentioned in my introduction um, why this can be quite time consuming is that we need to engage with, with people like the NHS and the county council who have their own resource limitations Um, and obviously we have have issues with with academies the academies programme which means that the county council no longer has the responsibility that it used to have for for planning across across the the district so so it's a complicated process but we have to look very closely at whether the capacity is there in the existing schools and I suspect it isn't in the vast majority of cases uh, or whether indeed through, um, through, through expansion of existing schools there's a potential there so uh, it's, it's very much at the heart of what we need to do and I think the, the infrastructure delivery plan
6: will be a, a crucial document at examination So, so we should see a consideration of that fairly early in, in one of these meetings again maybe not two weeks but soon after that We'll yeah. need to start considering it It's going to take
4: time, though. I mean, my experience certainly working with Hertfordshire County Council was that they weren't able to give us an early answer. So I think we'll need to to review the information that they've got and then take a view on that, and it may be that we need to do additional work. Before
0: you move on to point three, Councillor Lodge, Susan Barker just wants to talk on your second point.
2: Yes, I'm slightly disappointed, Councillor Lodge. As a county councillor, you are very aware of the Essex Education Panel, which sits to examine the availability of school places in Essex, that there is expansion of school places in Saffron Warden this year, uh, in Stansted next year, or sorry, in Takeley in Stansted, and indeed I've just put a thousand leaflets through doors in Dunmo about the school proposed in Dunmo for two years' time. It's all there, it's in the literature, and it is presented at the education panel where you can attend.
0: Okay, point three.
6: Just to say, uh, you may be not as disappointed as the parents in Saffron Walden at the moment who don't have schools, so I make no apologies for making the point forcibly. Point three is on uh, 228, where we talk about um, using consultants to uh, uh, evaluate the, um, the, the planned strategy. I wonder if you could say a little bit more on that. Are, they, are these the same consultants who we used last time round, or will there be uh, new people? Could you just uh, elaborate on that a little, please?
4: Um, I think we, we need to see whether um, the County Council has the resources on board to, uh, to undertake the work sufficiently to meet the standard that would be required at examination. Um, We we are aware, and I'm certainly aware from having worked with one or two people at the County Council previously, that that their their capacity is quite limited. But they remain the Transport and Highways Authority and they are ultimately responsible for giving us a view on these issues. So I think the first thing to do is to understand their, uh, their resourcing issues. It may be that in terms of looking at the transport models and mitigation measures, designing up those sorts of things that there is a role there for the District Council to employ the services of its own transport consultant but that's something that we'll need to consider further I think once we've appraised the situation. I've already been in touch with the Uh, the county highways people to set up an early meeting, so we'll we'll be scoping that out and uh, putting together a work programme. Hopefully we'll identify
6: uh, in that uh, what kind of approach we might take as regards consultants. Sorry, I wonder if I got my numbers right. I was talking about the sustainability appraisal 2.48. Is that the one you were thinking of? Did I give the wrong number? I do apologise if I did that, yes. So that, that was on sustainability. I presume it's related to the initial sustainability evaluation of s- sites as they come in. So that, that is the county as it stands and you're comfortable with that.
4: Um, I've already had a meeting with the County Council uh, and we've also, you may be aware that Councillor Dean I think through his work on the scrutiny panel is looking and talking to the Planning Advisory Service who are undertaking an independent review of the work that was done on the sustainability appraisal Uh, the sustainability appraisal is a very important piece of work for uh, the legal aspect of things and a lot of local plans have come unstuck on that so it is absolutely crucial that we get it right and it comes back to that point I made earlier about having a justified local plan, it's all looking at all the alternatives to make sure we've done that properly um, so um, having, having discussed the matter with the place services at Essex County Council and also with uh, the consultants for the planning advisory service I'm comfortable that the uh, place services have the uh, the sufficient knowledge to undertake this work for them. In fact, I think that that in certain aspects it was was a very sound piece of work. I think that where it got complicated uh, over the last few years is simply Um, to do with the process over many years and it's been very difficult for them coming in at a relatively late stage to document that process clearly but I think that by setting up a new process now making sure that we've got our own house in order here we can can give them something sensible to appraise and they shouldn't have a problem doing that but we'll obviously keep the situation under review
0: Councillor Dean
3: Yes thank you I'm very reassured by this report and the following two reports that uh, I think we are putting in place a process for developing the plan which I am more confident than I have been before that will result in a a satisfactory outcome, in other words a a plan that is found sound and in particular I am looking at the Indicative Work Plan Table 1 on page 7 which I I think elsewhere has been described as a a step approach, Um, and and to me it looks good. It looks looks as though we've got a a roadmap to follow um, that goes in sensible stages, and, and it's fairly high up on that, apart from... First of all, talking about public consultation, it refers to objectively assessed need, and that was something, to my recollection, and I know I wasn't involved in the forerunner of this working group, but that was one of the things that only um, seemed to be talked about uh, running up to the inspection last December, uh, last time round. I may have missed earlier references, but that was my perception. So, so I, I think it's, I think it's good, and I'm, I'm glad that we're. Adopting something which, um, from my one experience of going to the equivalent of this meeting in uh, in Hartford, um, has been used in East hearts, and I'm hoping will the um, say set us on the right on a good track. I've got one or two points. I might as well just whip through them all. Sure. One or two points. Shall we take them one at a time? Yes, I'm uh, I'm probably not going to ask questions for a while but it's really to give reassurance and and perhaps one of the things to say again about where last time went wrong, it was very early on when we we were talking about broad areas of development and all of a sudden out of a hat we produced Elsinum and and got down to to specifics too far early on and I think this is saying avoid getting down to specific sites too early and from that Point of view, I think it's uh, it's far better than the last last time. Um, <clears throat> i I guess, I've got a question on paragraph 222, where it uh, talks about that's on page 10, constraints mapping. Um, you know, you, you can do your broad mapping and, and identify that there are some areas that are less suitable. For development, but equally well, there are some things that can be done mit- mitigation effects that can be put in, measures that can be put in place to overcome those. So I just want to make sure that we're not simply saying, well, we'll look at what we've got and if it doesn't look good, we'll move on, but that we will consider mitigation if appropriate. And uh, again, that's a general, I'm, I'm seeing nods yeah, yeah. from our officers, yeah. and so then I will hear lie. that later. I, I take the that other as an, an agreement. Um, reference by was made by Councillor Lodge and Councillor Barker or particularly Councillor Lodge about Essex highways Um, it's my perception that they, they didn't serve as as well as um, we might have expected last time round. So I do hope that if they're not going to be in a position to do a, a thorough and timely job this time round, that we do look elsewhere for, for that advice. And this seems to suggest that that's the case. So, um, I mean, I do, I do remember the discussion on my own patch, um, again, about the Elsnam Proposal and the impact on Grove and Stanstead. We were, we were told that uh, there was a potential infrastructure improvement to do that, but nobody, nobody came up with an answer. And we were said, oh well, that'll come out of the blue some years hence. And I think there's a there's a limit as to how far you can speculate on answers. And and, and I think when you get onto the infrastructure plan, which is actually on the next page, I think I think it's important that we have good assurance that infrastructure will work and not just uh, uh, wishful thinking and, uh, and I, I think that task 9 does, does deal with that. Um, I, I wanted just to say something briefly again been touched on on task 14 on page 13 about sustainability appraisal. This seems to me that it's going about it in, a, in the right way in terms of setting up objective criteria Against which one will assess proposals rather than, as some of us feel happened in the past, uh, that proposals were put forward and then uh, sustainability appraisals were put together, written around those proposals to get the answer that was wanted, and that's not the way to do it. And uh, I know having spoken to the um, planning advisory service who will be reporting to scrutiny in September that they they have similar concerns about the past. I know we're not dealing with the past, but it it does highlight how we should do things differently from now on, and and it looks to me as though that's what's going to happen. Uh, And the only other thing I'd like to comment on is is the thing that affects us, Round the table or around this side of the table in other words the reference in paragraph 16 to the leadership role of district councillors and of course it says that uh, it can be jolly difficult um, sitting around committee meetings with the public staring over your back um, and hearing things that the public doesn't always want to hear um, but nevertheless it is our job to provide as it says here vital, the vital leadership role um, and so I think there is a need for more dialogue with officers than just occasionally meeting like this. I think we have to be uh, clued up as to what's going on and be in a position to uh, sell proposals and to discuss proposals with with our own communities and with the wider district as this goes on. And I think, you know, to avoid... One thing that happened last time was I know I had reports back from the predecessors of this working group where I was told, oh, well, we aren't allowed to discuss with even other members what went on there, and that's clearly totally unacceptable, and and we've now adopted a much more transparent role, and I don't see that happening again because it is our job at the end of the day to lead the debate and to make the difficult decisions, including the, well, all decisions, should I say, including the difficult ones. Um, and, and I think perhaps there's, you know, there's a, there's a message here for, not just for members, but for officers as well, that to me, their, their professional advice has also got to be objective and not coloured by what, a, what might be seen as um, hid- hidden political agendas. We, we, we can't afford hid- hidden political agendas and I, I don't think it's officers' jobs to uh, justify silly political decisions which I'm sure we're not going to make this time. But, and so I think it's a two-way thing. I, I think, I think there's, a, there's a responsibility on members to get this right and there's also um, on a, a responsibility on officers to tell, where, tell us when we're going wrong if in fact we really are off track So those are my main observations from this. I'm very impressed by this report, and I might say something similar on the other ones, but I won't repeat myself too much. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Dean. I'm I'm sorry, I can't take any comments, unless they be...
0: Okay, right. Do we have anybody qualified to turn the PA? Is anybody struggling? I'm getting nods. Okay, sorry. Um, well, first of all, I encourage uh, – um, can you hear me now? I encourage you to talk closer to your mic. I don't think it's about it being turned up, so perhaps some colleagues around the table can talk into your mic a little bit. Um, well. Uh, I I don't think there are any further comments on this item. I I, I too would like to commend it. I think it's a a very good set of founding criteria to the whole process. Um, You mentioned, Councillor Dean, uh, the indicative work plan. Uh, I think that lays it out very clearly without putting dates to it, but we will do that in due course, exactly the sequence uh, of what we're doing and how we're doing it, Um, the risk assessment, and and I totally agree about the the, the role for councillors. There is a leadership role, but it has to be done in conjunction with the community. It, It has to be transparent and it has to be fully consultative. That is slightly different. Being fully consultative is slightly different from not making any decision ever. And at some point, we will have to decide where um, houses and indeed gypsies go, but only after an ex- a, a comprehensive uh, programme which we've had outlined in this uh, in this paper. So, thank you. Um, I'll now move on to item five. Can
3: we take, can we take the recommendation? But yeah. can we can we change a word? It's a word that. Keeps cropping up in these recommendations, where it says we note things. Now I don't know whether the public thinks that's some sort of technical jargon, but it could mean to read, oh, note what it says, and move on. Rather than, I would prefer the word supported there.
0: I'm very happy if uh, my colleagues are around the table uh, are getting uh, nods. You know, and
3: all of them that we agree or support things, not just note that somebody's written a report.
0: Okay, so the recommendation. Uh, A now reads that the work programme and risk assessment be supported subject to future modification as circumstances change. Councillor Lodge.
6: So it's just a a final 30 seconds I hope. Um, I I may have have been somewhat critical and uh, uh, forceful to start with but I would very much endorse what Councillor Dean said. I'm greatly encouraged by the process. Thank you.
0: Thank you. So are those words uh, satisfactory? Can I have a show of hands those in favour? against, unanimous, thank you. Um, The second recommendation is that we comment or suggest uh, be discussed, but we have done that. So um, recommendation A is carried, which moves us on to item 5. The title is Towards a Fresh Vision of the District in 2033. Mr Payne. Uh,
4: Thank you again, Chairman. Um, Local plans should set out a vision and a framework for the future development of the area, addressing needs and opportunities in relation to housing, the economy, community facilities and infrastructure. This is a requirement of national policy and also a matter of good planning. Production of a credible vision is a huge challenge for plan makers given the many different interests and views of the residents and businesses. It's also a challenge for local residents and groups who need to recognise the overall requirement to provide a positive framework for the future development of the area. The report explains that the production of a draft vision is only possible at the draft local plan stage when the Council will set out its proposals for the development of the area for the first time, including identification of specific development locations. While some elements of the vision may appear relatively obvious at the outset, it's important that the vision should not be used to predetermine the development strategy before all the evidence has been assembled and considered. Input from business and the community will be sought at intervals through the plan-making process, including as part of the consultation this autumn. These inputs will be used to inform the development of both the vision and the plan overall within the context of national policy. The the production of a vision is therefore an intrinsic part of the process of plan formulation. Visions are intrinsically aspirational, but it's important that these aspirations should be capable of being realised. The vision needs to be positively worded to explain how residential and employment growth will be linked, including the main locations where employment growth potential is recognised. Four examples of vision statements from local plans recently found sound at examination are contained at Appendix B of the report. These provide some ideas of the kind of approach taken by other authorities including Chichester, East Cambridgeshire, South Somerset and Cheshire West and Chester. The final section of the report sets out the challenges and some of the mechanisms through which design may be addressed through the planning system. The quality of design in the built environment is one of the main issues which the planning system seeks to address and is often raised as an example of where the vision of development and the reality can diverge. Design is highly context-specific but should not be considered simply a matter of taste and therefore subjective. Appendix C sets out national uh, building for life standards which can be used to help assess the design quality of proposals. Following on from the report, members are encouraged to consider the key elements of a vision for development in Uttlesford and as far as possible focusing on specific places and qualities unique to Uttlesford rather than on generalities. For reference, the 2014 submission Local Plan vision is contained at Appendix A of the report. Any ideas generated will be considered and added to ideas submitted through a public consultation on strategic options later in the autumn.
0: Thank you very much, Mr Payne. Any comments on this, which I think this is something that you were looking for, Councillor Dean, in the past, and uh, I think it's right that we, as well as have a, having the plan that we first discussed, that
3: we have some kind of visionary aspect. I don't know whether you
0: want to comment or whether we can
3: move on. Yes, thank you, Chairman. Yes, I'm, I'm sure you have remembered that at our first meeting in January last year, I did say, this year, should I say, I did... Uh, say before we charge off on this new plan, we need a vision about what we, as this document I think says, what the place is, how the place is going to look different in 10, 20 years or whatever it is. And I think that the piece of work that's obviously still got to be done I think is is very important. Um, you know, it talks about having a, a set of agreed um, priorities, and I think that we need to work those out. The vision that was produced. I don't know how many years ago, and I think I had a bit of a part in it. It looks a bit wimpish compared with some of the other places that are quoted, so I think that we've probably got to try harder this time or now to, um, to, to get something that, that actually does describe where, where the district, where we'd like to see the district going, and where we, with the people who live in it, want to see it going. It um, <clears throat> talks about it being in, in, sorry, intrinsically aspirational. Um, and that makes me think about you know, too, too often I think we're great at knowing what we don't want but we're not really much good at knowing what we do want and unless we know what we do want we'll get what we don't want so um, I, I think that that, that's, that is important um, I, think, uh, I think all I want to say in concluding is great let's get on and produce a vision obviously not tonight Thank you, any other comments? In which case I I suspect
0: that you'll want to do the same thing with this as you did before, that we support, be supported. Uh. So the recommendation reads that the guidance set out in the report relating to production of the vision for the district be supported. Yes. Uh, And again, the the, the second part is about discussion, which we very briefly had. So those in favour of recommendation A, as I've just read it out? Unanimous. Thank you. Item six, development strategy option stage methodology. Mr. Payne again. Sorry, you might get tired of my voice very soon. Um,
4: Thank you once again. Um, In formulating a new local plan, the central task is to ensure that it's underpinned by a sound development strategy. The development strategy is the mechanism by which a locally-led vision for the future of the district will be brought together with national requirements to produce a plan which the Council is confident will be found sound by a planning inspector following examination in public and will thereby attain legal weight for use in the consideration of planning applications. There are two key messages which must be understood at this early stage. The first is the requirement in paragraph 17 of the MPPF, the National Planning Policy Framework, which states that, quote, "...every effort should be made objectively to identify and then meet the housing, business and other needs of an area and respond positively to wider opportunities for growth," unquote. The requirement to make every effort to meet development needs is sometimes referred to by the planning inspectorate as, quote, leaving no stone unturned. This means that not only should the council approach the work with an open mind as to where development should occur, but also that it should be thorough, rigorous and transparent in the process of assessment in respect of those options which eventually become part of the plan and also, crucially, of the rejected options. This process, necessary to ensure soundness at examination, is also set out at Appendix A to the report, which contains contains a soundness self-assessment checklist published by the Planning Advisory Service. The second key message involves the need for the Council to put the development strategy at the heart of the process of plan making. This will enable the Council to ensure that the plan is led not by landowners and developers, but by the Council's vision for how it proposes to manage development, bringing together jobs and housing, and protecting the essential qualities of the district. At this stage, this means that rather than considering any sites that may have been submitted to the Council to date, the Council should focus on the potential suitability of what we're proposing to call areas of search, irrespective of whether or not that land is being actively promoted by the landowners at the moment. It's proposed that the areas of search will be represented by elliptical shapes to differentiate them from sites, (coughs) since at this stage they are simply broad areas for further assessment. In order to establish the initial areas of search, a reasonable set of high-level messages are taken as a starting point. The report proposes five criteria as follows. Firstly, the potential to contribute to effective cross-boundary strategic planning priorities. Secondly, the potential to minimise the need to travel by car. Thirdly, the potential access to the strategic highways and rail network. Uh, Fourthly, exclusion of areas with special protection, such as SSSIs and uh, registered historic parks and gardens. And lastly, the inclusion of key villages and Type A villages as set out in the 2014 submission local plan. At this stage in the process, process, it's important that the areas of search should not be narrowed down too quickly before the evidence has been assembled and thoroughly tested it would be too easy to drop areas from further consideration and this would then raise doubts about whether the authority was genuinely making every effort to meet objectively assessed needs. This consideration also applies to gypsy and traveller sites. Recently, the Malden local plan was found unsound by the planning inspector for failure to properly address provision for gypsies and travellers, and at the request of Malden Council, this has now been called in by the Secretary of State. Many people across the country are now waiting for the Secretary of State's report for guidance on how gypsy and traveller provision should be addressed through local plans. Having established the approach to setting up areas of search, the next step is to build some potential scenarios to illustrate different ways that the Council could in theory go about meeting a given level of development. These scenarios will then be assessed by the Council's sustainability appraisal consultants using agreed criteria. Their report, together with the areas of search and the scenarios, should form the basis of an options consultation in the autumn. It's proposed that the next working group meeting on the 27th of July will consider not only the mapped areas of search and scenarios based upon the approach to be discussed tonight, but also the assessment criteria which are currently being developed by the Sustainability Appraisal Consultants. Chairman, that concludes my introduction to Agenda Item 6.
0: Thank you. Uh, Comments from colleagues? Your, your mic's on, Councillor
3: Dean. Your microphone is on. May I leave it on? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't know it was on. Um, well, my my reading of this is just filled with ticks all the way through, so I'm not going to uh, say what all the ticks meant other than that it must have been right. <laughs> um, I, I've only got uh, two, two points, and the first one relates to paragraph 211, Which talks about small scale development in village, sorry, small scale of villages relative to towns. It's it's comparing the villages with towns um, and seems to be saying that it, you know, if you've got. Uh, quite a lot of proposals in villages smaller villages and it's difficult to to handle those in terms of the effort that needs to go into dealing with them. I think that's what's being said um, and that it's it's often easier to deal with one big development somewhere than 15 smaller ones elsewhere but the only reason I'm raising this now is that um, I hope we're not going to dismiss the needs of any villages if in fact a level of development in a village means that, for instance, uh, a a pub stays rather than closes, a school stays open rather than closes, or something is achieved that they want to achieve. So I I just want to sort of explore that one a little bit to make sure that we aren't simply taking the the easy way out in, in this new plan of dealing with as few sites as possible. What, your question is, what happens if there's a
0: village, particularly if the village wants development that's outside of shape? Yeah, and, I
3: suppose, and I suppose the question is, what's the difference between something that's classed as strategic and something that's okay. classed as something else that's not strategic? I'm not sure what the term is. Okay. Mr Payne. Um, so in relation to consideration of the
4: villages, yes my my concern I suppose is that um, from experience in my previous workplace I know that when there are such a large number of villages and such a small team of officers here to to look at them all uh, it, it can be very resource uh, hungry um, but I think what we're going to need to do and I propose to, uh, to, to look at this uh, in the near future is to work with uh, the parish councils to identify what the needs might be in each of their villages um, and to feed that information into the process Um, and I think that would be a very helpful thing to do early on in the process. Um, I think, in relation to the question about what is strategic and what isn 't that 's really only something that we'll'll we'll know as we go through this process um, you know if the If the evidence is and 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 the uh, input to the vision process is pointing in one direction, then that'll give us a strong steer hopefully um, but um I mean clearly there's um, the local plan has a kind of a strategic focus um, because Um, It's it's set, if you like, above the neighbourhood planning tier. So whereas in the past you used to have a county structure plan or a regional plan which used to address the strategic elements, the the local plan now has to look in particular at the cross-boundary elements, so looking at all the neighbouring districts in particular. Um, So those issues in particular, uh, that's what the inspector will be looking for. Um, And I think the inspector took quite a pragmatic line in relation to the villages, and his advice was not to get too worried about village hierarchies and things like that, but to actually look at what the needs of villages are. Um, So I think that's where we we need to start off, really.
0: I think uh, working with parish councils, I would uh, fully endorse and commend, so thank you. Councillor Lodge, I think, had his hand up. Uh, Thank
6: you. I think that overall, um, as I said before, I'm I'm, uh, greatly encouraged by this approach that we're following a strategic process and specifically not being led by developers. I think that's, that's very, very encouraging. The sort of logical outcome of this then is once you have identified the areas of search, that if a piece of land we might might favour has not been put forward, the council then itself can and will approach that landowner and developer to to suggest that maybe they put it forward. Um, I think
4: that the first stage is once we've developed the areas of search that may prompt landowners to come forward, so they may well approach us. Um, I think there is perhaps a tendency on the part of some landowners to think, well, the council won't be interested, that's been looked at before and, uh, and it's not of interest. But if we put forward this approach, that may flush out some, some sites and some ideas, which we then need to consider through this strat- uh, strategy selection process. If it doesn't, there, there is, I don't see there's a re- any reason in principle why we shouldn't approach a landowner. Um, I'm not aware of any cases where that's been done uh, myself, but I don't see that that would be a problem in principle if the council was agreeable to that. Um, but I think that we'd need to look at where we're getting to in the early
6: stages of the uh, work on the strategy before we do that. Now, I asked that question specifically because I was told by, by one senior officer here that that's such an approach may be considered illegal. It was that much of a doubt which is why I specifically asked the question. So some clarification of that would be appropriate I think.
4: I think clearly we need to, we need to think about that. I mean as I say the, the usual approach and it's not unknown in my, in my last uh, job when I was working for East Hearts we put forward we used a very similar approach uh, to the approach that I'm proposing through these reports, um, and that did result in some landowners coming forwards. Um, and so I think we will we'll, we'll see what happens, um, yep.
3: Councillor Dean. Yes, I would just like finally to make reference to paragraph 2.3 on page 73, which is uh, talking about urban intensification and and i guess this is one of the things that we really need to get our head around because you know we we often start off by saying this is a rural uh, district and we want to preserve the countryside then one effect of that is what i call urban cramming which is to uh, stuff as many houses as we can into existing settlements sometimes ending up with not necessarily the same sort of thing that happens in London, but nevertheless in in, in our terms, much more dense and much less um, amenity for residents. So, uh, and of course therefore the answer, or one of the answers to that is that instead of cramming everything in within our existing settlements, we we spread outwards and obviously we're not going to avoid doing that and I think through this process we or throughout it we need to forever be keeping that balance between creating urban blight within our main settlements and and inevitably taking some of the countryside that uh, some of us might prefer to leave untouched but inevitably we can't do and so I think, I think there's an, it's important that we almost have that on the wall at all times as a, as a, as a guideline, you know, <laughs> make sure we, we are producing something which is sustainable and which is livable in for generations to come. Uh,
4: Yes, I'd I'd agree with that certainly Um, and although I'm new to Uttlesford, I'm certainly aware that there's been a lot of development in the uh, the two towns in particular uh, in recent years and there's been a lot of infill development. And certainly, I think as part of the strategy, that's one of the things that we'd we'd, we'd need to consider. I think think it's it's part of the the purpose of this uh, report is to flag up that it's going to be very hard, this process, and that there are pros and cons, if you like, to all of the options. Um, And I was quite interested. I attended the last meeting of this group as an observer, and I listened to the presentation that we had by... um, uh, the Garden City Development Corporation and that was very interesting to me because um, I think they were quite clear that if you're looking at very large settlements one of the disadvantages in some senses, is that they often don't deliver development for many years so I think it's one of those things that we're going to need to look at very carefully because one of the pressures that all local planning authorities are under is to have a continuous supply of development, a regular output of completion of new houses in particular across the plan period and particularly looking at the first five years of the plan Um, and that is that does put an awful lot of pressure on local planning authorities and small sites in particular but i think it's one of the things that we need to look at is is what is the cumulative impact of these small sites on the infrastructure in the local area um, and how can we manage that through the the
7: local plan process Councillor davis thank you Um, it was just to touch on the point that mr payne made around the community engagement obviously one of the things that we've very recently done through the constitutional working group is to begin a community engagement or look to create a community engagement panel which as well as um, involving parish and town councils will also involve community members and sort of people who are are established within the towns who have a, a huge amount of knowledge and an awareness of of kind of how things work and very much have an ear to the ground so it's a very opportune time for us to be able to put this all, all party panel in place that will help hopefully feed the work with the, with the local plan it, you know, ultimately that's, that's, that's our aim is to try and have, us, have that engagement and also not just create it for the purpose of planning but it's actually a long term engagement model which actually will benefit us in the long run so it's, 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 as, um, as Councillor Ross says that's one of the key parts of this, uh, of this work because the town and parish councils are so vital and that line of communication understanding and dialogue is, is key to us Thank you.
0: Um, I think the same thing again, recommendation A, uh, supported, Uh, so I shall read that to you, that the local plan development strategy option option stage methodology be supported. Those in favour? Unanimous. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Payne. If um, for your three context-setting presentations, and obviously uh, the detail will be fleshed out uh, much of it at the next meeting. Um, If every one of your appearances at this uh, working group is as supported and as heralded as tonight, uh, life will be a breeze. So uh, that is your target. Thank you very much indeed. Um, I should say, Obviously, the, um, planning po- uh, the work plan and risk assessment that uh, was the first paper, I do have a copy. I'll leave it on the table if anybody wanted to do a hard copy, but of course it's available on the Atlesford uh, District Council website. Now, uh, item seven is the strategic housing land availability methodology, and uh, Sarah Nicholas will present that.
1: Thank you. I'm probably going to take you through this report a little bit more step-by-step step than the previous... Right, try again. Um, As I was saying, um, probably taking you through this report in a bit more of a step-by-step process than the the previous introductions we've just had, so I hope that's okay. Um, So the Strategic Housing Land Availability Assessment. Um, The Council has a duty to prepare an assessment, and this is set out in the National Planning Policy Framework and in Planning Practice Guidance the 2014 Submission Local Plan took evidence from an assessment which was produced in 2008 and updated annually. But it's been decided to prepare a new assessment to assist in the preparation of this new local plan. The purpose of the assessment, I think, can be thought of as an audit of sites. Um, And as set out in paragraph 11 of the report, the aim of the assessment is to produce a list of sites which are mapped, assess their potential for development and when they are likely to be developed, estimate the number of houses that could be built on the site, identify any constraints and make recommendations as to how these constraints could be overcome. So, and, and, sorry, and As explained in paragraph 12, it is important to remember that the assessment does not make judgments or decisions about whether a site should be allocated for development. In deciding which site to allocate, the council will also consider the development strategy, the sustainability appraisal, public participation and consultation. So working through the methodology then, which starts on page 94, um, we first will see the flow chart which sets out the the stages and these are described in more detail on the later pages. The flow chart comes from the uh, um, planning practice guidance. So stage one on page 95 is about identifying the sites, and this is not only from the call for sites, but also sites already within the planning process, um, public sector land, redevelopment sites, et cetera. Stage two, which starts on page 97, describes how to assess the site. And it looks at the suitability... Sorry, first of all, assess the site capacity so that's looking at various densities and using densities from existing schemes within the district. And it just also, at stage two also looks how to assess the suitability of the site. And there we're very much looking at um, the location of the site to various constraints. Um, so we've listed there things like flood risk, noise, pollution sites. Um, designated sites natural environment historic environment accessibility and um, in fact we'll, this will come up again when we consider the report on the sustainability appraisal um, towards the end of the month. We also have to consider the availability, which is on page ninety nine and again could I ask you to go by paragraph number because we don 't have pages on this all right sorry no. i thought I thought it did Sorry, sorry. apologies so we 're on two point two point two Um, Availability, Um, this information will come from the call call for sites, Um, and if it's not from a site that's coming through the call for sites, we'll have to assess um, its availability. And then 2.2.3 is achievability and this, thing's, this again can be gained from the information from the, um, which was requested with the call for sites on things like transport assessment, viability assessment. Um, the assessment will be undertaken by um, officers on this. Stage three, um, windfall sites. Um, the council's assessment of 50 windfall sites a year was discussed and found sound at the local plan examination and we 're proposing we continue with that, that scale of windfall site, and then stage four is the assessment review, um, where we have to consider do we have enough sites to meet our objective assessed need, and if not, um, we have to revisit them and This is where it goes back to um, identifying the constraints and making uh, looking at whether constraints, constraints should be over, how, how constraints could be overcome. And then finally, stage five, which is 5.1 onwards, um, describes the site appraisal information that will be produced for the sites. Um, the conclusion for each site will be whether it's deliverable in the next five years, um, de- developable in the future, or not currently developable. Um, it we propose that this draft assessment will be sent out to the relevant to the town and parish councils and neighbourhood steering groups. So we're seeking member approval for this methodology to be published for consultation for a six-week period.
0: Councillor Barker.
1: Thank
2: you. Um, If we could go back to paragraph 2.2.3, picking up on what was said earlier about transport assessments, there's the the big transport assessment about the cumulative impact of whatever development ultimately turns out. So what transport assessment is being done at this point in time, because evidently we're not going to have an outside consultant do a transport assessment on every single thing for 10 houses. So What is done at this point in time to satisfy us when we look at sites that the transport assessment
1: is appropriately robust? Well, the information that we sought from people from the call for sites was uh, um, we asked for um, trip trip generation and where they thought the the direction they thought that the traffic would go in. Obviously, we got more. You know, for very small sites, the, the information is proportionate. Um, to the scale of development. Um, For the larger sites, um, especially for the large sites over 500 dwellings, they were given information based on um, to use the highways uh, work that was available, the methodology that we used for the local plan. I think in relation to how we assess them, I think for the larger sites, then we will use, as it's County Council or whoever we're um, working with at the time, as um, Mr Payne was saying, whether we look to other people than the county council because of their resources. I think for the, the smaller sites, um, I think that can probably be assessed in-house for the sort of, you know, 510 housing developments. And it's also looking at their location to services and facilities, which was information that was requested through the call for sites as well.
4: Yeah, I think it, it helps to understand the, the schlaw lovely jargon acronym um, as a kind of database so in some senses it's quite crude assessment, it's something that is set down in national guidance um, and it's not Through the Schlar itself, it's not possible to do a particularly sophisticated transport assessment. But that's why it's important that we do all these assessments and then draw them together through the strategy. So as we go through that, and this work is already, uh, we're already talking to the County Council and uh, we're already um, starting to think about how we go about that. So don't think of it just in the context of this report. And as I I mentioned at the outset, we'll have a, a report on this at the next meeting at the end of the month.
2: My, my concern is that the main reason that our plan was withdrawn was because of transport implications and it took us a long time to get that information from County Council and what I don't particularly want to see is a schla that comes forward to put 800 houses there and the developer says and you've Got along with the developer and the work he's done, saying that yes, the transport implications are okay, and that <laughs> that is what carries forwards. If you see what I mean, I, I just want us to be reasonably robust in the sites that come forward and the appraisal that is done, even at an early stage, is something that we can all sign up to.
4: Yes, sorry, I'm not sure whether I, that you were looking for me to come back on that or uh, one of us to come back, but it was ba- basically, yes, it's a very very valid point um, and I think that um, it's just important that when we present the Schlar, it's very clear that, that that is one small part of the evidence base and that we will be doing substantial amounts of work on transport uh, as we progress through this process.
6: Councillor Lodge. Thank you, Chair. Just on that specific point, if we're going out to, to use a consultant to do the work, would it make sense to go for a competitive tender to actually get the best supplier to do it in that the County Council, although my own authority, may not be that best supplier? Um, as I, I think I mentioned earlier, um, in some senses the, the
4: County Council are the Highways and Transport Authority and therefore uh, they are the, the statutory body charged with that responsibility um and we need to work with them we can't bypass the county council um in that and the same goes for highways england uh, what used to be known as the highways agency Um, my experience in the past is that on occasion it's been quite a frustrating and slow process um but um, i think and that's why i think i mentioned earlier on in response to your question about consultants Um, that it may be that we need to have an early discussion with the County Council to see what resources they've got available and to see if we can get some dedicated resources working for us on these complex uh,
6: problems. I did, though, understand that whilst they are the the, the authority, um, I think Mr Taylor told told me over a number of years that that they were actually being considered... As a consultant, they were they were not acting in their statutory capacity. Maybe Mr. Taylor could uh, confirm or deny that.
8: I think it's a bit of both, to some extent, and I think that's the issue that Mr. Payne was trying to get across. We can always, and local authorities do, use consultants all sorts of things. So we could employ a set of consultants to do the highway assessment work. That still needs to be signed off by six county councils as the highways authority. So. You either use Essex County Council as a whole authority, and yes, they might, they might be doing consultancy work, but they're signing their own work off, or you employ X other firm, and you still need Essex to sign their work off because they're the highway authority. So it's a bit of a... That's why it's about capacity from Essex County Council's point of view and about whether they've got the capacity to, to work with us to, to do that. But it, So it's, it's not quite as perhaps as black and white as you said.
4: I think that, that, that's, uh, that is um, perhaps just drawing on my experience from the last uh, at least half a year. We did exactly, as you suggest, we went out competitive tender um, and we, we uh, procured consultancy services for transport. And we had a very good transport consultant helping us, but the transport consultant had the same frustration which we had, which was the Essex County Council, uh, sorry, Hertfordshire County Council wouldn't give us a view. So uh, that's kind of, if you like, illustrative of the sorts of problems that I know that we will face here.
6: Maybe you'll have to escalate it to Councillor Barker and myself to, uh, (laughs) to expedite that.
0: We uh, do share your frustrations. The last two uh, on a, well inspector decisions have been based around um, highways and infrastructure, both of which had had the green light from Essex County Council. So I think we all understand what we're talking about here. Um, thank you Mr Nicholas. I, just one query from myself. Uh, obviously this process, go, the Schla and the sites go through a period of he- heavy consultation so um, local views are taken into account as well. But I just wanted to be clear about the different ways that you're going to interpret sites within an area of search and those outside an area of search. Okay. Oh, sorry. Here again. <laughs>
4: so, um, so the the Schlar is carried out independently of the areas of search. Um, as I say, the shlar methodology is set down in national guidance. It's a database, and we are obliged to consider any site that's submitted to us. Um, so, it's it's um, it's not. It feeds into and it informs the strategy process, but it is not itself part of that strategy process. So, we have to consider every single site that's submitted. In a sense, it's a list.
0: Sorry. Uh, We go back to the recommendation that uh, members agree to consultation on the attached methodology for a six-week period. Those in favour? Unanimous. Thank you. Item Item 8, Gypsy and Traveller Consultation, Five Acres and Pennington Lane. Um, I have got five speakers on this item, and I think you've chosen your own order. And if I'm right, uh, Mr Storer will be followed by Mr Coltman, followed by Mr May, followed by Morgan, followed by Mr Cody. Uh, If there's any change to that, uh, please let me know. Um, Before you speak... um, and uh, I you know, obviously asked that uh, you try and make five different points. Uh, I would like to point out that uh, in the spirit of what we have been doing, uh, but we were going to do this anyway, uh, we are going to do more than note uh, the officer recommendations. So um, as far as five acres are concerned, point ten, Uh, we will support that officers have recommended that the potential gypsy and traveller site at five acres does not proceed to the next stage of the plan-making process. So that's what I'll be putting to the um, committee at the end of uh, this session. But I call upon Mr Storer.
9: Good evening. The proposed gypsum traveller site called Five Acres at Wickham Bonnant fails to comply with the government's guidance. It should therefore not be progressed in the local plan. The fact that it has been under consideration for so long, and still is, is therefore both surprising and disappointing. If you were to draw up relevant criteria upon which to identify potentially appropriate sites for gypsies and travellers, this site wouldn't be identified. This is borne out by the refusal last year of permission for seven houses in the centre of the village opposite the coach and horses. The officer's report stated the site does not have easy access to local services that enable health, social, or cultural well being. Wickham Bonnet has no facilities and services, no shop and no school. And one of the reasons for refusal refers to this unsustainable location. Members, the same must also apply to the proposed site for gypsies. It is in an unsustainable location. But having said that, I urge you not to accept the recommendation before you for two reasons. First is because it is caveated by the phrase Due to other more sustainable sites being promoted, that suggests to me that in the event that these other more suitable sites fall away for whatever reason, this site may come back into the reckoning, but it shouldn't because it's not suitable. So this caveat is not acceptable to me and I suspect also to the local communities. Secondly, the recommendation is now to support the officer recommendation, which is that the site is not taken forward in the local plan process. Now, I fully appreciate that you are not a decision making body, but you do have the power to make recommendations to the cabinet. And I would urge you, therefore, to seize and to utilise that power because I've no doubt that your making a recommendation to the cabinet would have far greater influence than your merely supporting what is effectively nothing more than the current thinking of the officers. I therefore suggest that you do not agree the recommendation that is before you with regard to this site, but that you make the recommendation as the planning policy working group to the cabinet that the site is not taken forward in the local plan process and that that recommendation is not subject to any possible changes in circumstances elsewhere because this site is fundamentally unacceptable. Doing that should give these good people behind me real confidence that the right outcome is likely to be achieved eventually. Otherwise, there will be nothing worthwhile for them to take home from this meeting. Thank you. Uh,
0: We we, we do understand your support for each of the speakers, but it's it's something that we'd prefer that you didn't do. It's uh, it's part of our etiquette at public meetings like this. Um, I now call upon Mr. Coltman.
10: Before I begin, just I'm sure you're uh, all well aware that I'm the Clerk to Arxham Parish Council. I'd just like to thank the members tonight for the opportunity to speak and, and for your patience in listening is greatly appreciated. I'm sure you're well aware of the importance of this issue and the depth of feeling of the settled communities affected by this site. The Parish Council and residents welcome the Officer's recommendation that five acres is not to be taken forward into the new local plan process. However, we are concerned that one reason given is the availability of more suitable sites. Surely this cannot be a sound reason for determining site suitability. A site is either suitable or it is not, and five acres is most definitely unsuitable and should be declared as such. The evidence presented to the officers and the responses both from the public and the statutory bodies clearly indicate that there could hardly be a site less suitable than five acres, and yet the planning officers seem reluctant to accept this. This site is unsuitable not only for the reasons given by the officers, but for a host of other highly important issues, not least of which is the dangerous access road, particularly dangerous for pedestrians. No amount of mitigation measures will prevent the road from flooding or make the road less dangerous, both of which could endanger the lives of the travelling community. Now, listening tonight to the proposals uh, brought uh, for the new local plan, I am encouraged that you will make strategic decisions about the allocation of sites, meaning you will uh, allocate sites where you want them rather than just rela- allowing sites to come forward. However, this working group has promised us a conclusion to the issue of five acres irrespective of the new local plan process. We were promised that a recommendation would be made to Cabinet and yet tonight, although you are being asked to note and we agree and support the fact that you are now being asked to support the officer's recommendations, this is not the conclusion that we have been inspecting or indeed deserve following almost four years of consultations, letters, time, effort and costs. You have promised clarity, community engagement and a determination to listen to your electorate and especially to your parish councils. Now is the time to honour these promises and we respectfully request that having read the report, Your comments to the officers should be to remove any reference to other more suitable sites from their report and to actually use the word unsuitable with reference to five acres. We can then support you in recommending the report both now and later to Cabinet. Furthermore, in the first part of the officers report presented to you and duly noted by you at the February meeting, When reporting on previously rejected sites, the officers recommend that these sites are not taken forward unless enough suitable sites are not found when there may be a need to revisit and reassess the rejected sites. Failure to change this attitude on unsuitable sites whereby they are left hanging until you have nothing better on offer will result in allocating sites on a least worst basis which is not uh, fair to the travelling community... I'm being pretty tolerant as you go over your time, as ...does not reflect the community. You have duties and responsibilities to both of these groups, and by not taking on these challenges, you risk the whole of your local plan being found unsound yet again.
0: Thank you. Mr May. Mm-hmm.
5: I am John May, live in Arkston and chair the Falca Steering Group, and I will apologise in advance if some of what I say is repeating what you've just heard, but it's the only way we can get our message across. Ladies and gentlemen of the working group, we are looking to you tonight to do what common sense and natural justice should tell you is right and not what is just politically expedient. For those of you who are new to the group, as far as local residents are concerned, Five Acres is unfinished business. It is left over from the process referred to by Steve of four years, four years of discussion on policy, public consultations, expensive consultants' reports, including our own, input by statutory bodies and other third parties, and of considerable time and effort by the local community to get a fair hearing. I, too, was very encouraged by what I heard from Mr. Payne, whose clarity of presentation and thinking was commendable. But to use the words that he did use in his introduction to the plan, the work program plan, to the gypsy and traveler component of that, there has to be a very thorough assessment of any sites. There has been a very thorough assessment, assessment of this site already, so we do not need another one, and this will help to conserve resources to use for more important things. We all heard in March that there would be a conclusion, a decision or an outcome. All these words were used but they mean one thing, clarity, and that this would be done as soon as practicable after the election and when all the evidence was in front of planning officers. You were all elected on the basis that this was not merely a talking shop and you would be able to make a positive difference to the future of Uthlsford and its representatives and its residents who you represent. You have now in front of you a report which has reached a verdict on five acres. Leaving aside the technical jargon, the conclusion is clear. The site would be unsafe for occupants because of flooding and is in a location where development would cause irreparable harm to the environment. The bottom line is lives would be at risk and our countryside destroyed. These mean that it is not suitable for development, especially for highly vulnerable caravans. And I think Mr Payne again reminded us that the reasons for rejection have to be sound. To say that Five Acres is less suitable than other sites is not a valid reason, so it could be challenged. These fatal flaws to the Five Acres site have been evident all all along, and we have been patient and persistent in pointing them out to UDC to be told time and again that due process has to be followed. We also pointed out other defects, such as the fact that unsafe pedestrian access along Poor Street would put children's lives at risk. However flawed the due process has been, it has now run its course and the ball is firmly in the working group's court. I have been encouraged by the fact that on every other recommendation we have already had them beefed up, and I was encouraged to hear Mr Rolfe say that was the intention today. But if you really do want to make that difference, you can express your opinion that current evidence shows that this site is not suitable. We know the new local plan still needs to address Gypsy and Traveller provision, and it's not an easy task. The previous local plan fell at the last fence when the inspector threw it out. Please make sure that in terms of its credibility, this new local plan does not fall at the first fence, with a bad planning decision to leave five acres in limbo. Thank you very much. Thank you. Joan Morgan.
11: Good evening. My name is Joan Morgan. I'm the chair of Wickenborn and Parish. My challenge tonight is to beat the beeper. I would like to address the planning policy working group with regard to the agenda item number eight, Gypsy and Traveller Consultation, where members are asked to consider the officer's recommendation on the outstanding Gypsy and Traveller sites. Andrew Taylor states in his summary that the report presented tonight concludes the Gypsy and Traveller Issues and Options consultation on outstanding sites. Five Acres, Arkston, or used to be Wickham Bonhunt, being one of them. His report identifies the agencies with whom he has consulted, namely Essex Highways, Essex Historic Environment Team, Essex Waste Management Team, and the all-important Environment Agency. The officer's report has noted the concerns from Essex Historic Environment Team and concludes that increased pressure on the protected lane, Poor Street, should be resisted. Agreed. He also is not able to confirm that the waste management constraints can be overcome. Agreed. Finally, the Environment Agency states the flood risk assessment does not meet the NPPF requirements. Well, there's a surprise. All in all, the final conclusion the officer recommends is that five acres site does not proceed to the next stage of the plan-making process. Hooray! Hooray! My own conclusion is that after four years of open discussion about five acres, the local knowledge of my residents who have known for over 25 years that this site is not suitable has prevailed over consultants who sit behind computers, make judgments without even visiting the site. Uttlesford Planning Officers have finally reached the most sensible conclusion in their report. So and now you've stolen my thunder, I've got, please don't just note this recommendation. So I'll say, please don't just support this recommendation, but make a positive decision to remove five acres from the local plan tonight and put an end to all of this uncertainty. And I've beaten the beaver.
12: Thank you. And uh, I think, finally, Mr Cody. Thanks. Thank you. I, too, will be speaking um, about Five Acres, and I'm also a resident of Arxton. Um, If I may, I'd just like to take you back to uh, the end of last year, when Uttlesford decided to start the Gypsy and Traveller uh, consultation process. This was after the local plan was found unsound. We asked for it to be halted, and it was not. On a number of occasions, and as a result of this separate process, The residents of Wickham, Clavering and Arkston were promised at this meeting that a decision on five acres uh, would be made before the new local plan process was resumed. We've listened to the recordings of the previous PPWG meetings and I'd like to quote Mr Rolfe if I may when you said, I can assure you that this committee will be making a recommendation to cabinet and then full council. There are a number of other similar statements and that is what the public behind me have heard. Unless you tell us otherwise, this statement and other similar promises were made in the context of bringing this consultation to a close and before embarking on a new local plan process. Officers, as we've heard, have conducted a very thorough process and we welcome their recommendation not to take five acres forward in the local plan. Indeed, the need for a very thorough due process has been stressed to us on a number of occasions throughout this. We say that with regard to five acres the process could not have been more detailed and certainly uh, more so than any other site considered. This thorough process in our view could not be challenged and would certainly stand up to judicial review. Now we believe the evidence as you heard is unequivocal Uh, that the site floods, that it uh, would do harm to a protected lane. And this has now been acknowledged by both the statutory bodies and the officers. Please don't be afraid to make the right decision. We're simply asking the PPWG to do the right thing and deem this site unsuitable and to make that recommendation to Cabinet tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Councillor Loughlin.
13: Thank you. Um, Well, I find myself agreeing with everything that's been said so far, because I've been reading this today very carefully and listening to the reports, and I find that it does fail on some of the suitability factors uh, that we have been given in the Schlar and the MPPF flood risk criteria in the draft methodology for consultation. But I I am concerned because uh, when we talk about this, and I'm not sure how you say this word, is it or or iterative iterative process Uh, on on page 71 paragraph 1.10 it says as a result of this process options which initially appear unfavourable may later be introduced Uh, and I think that's very worrying for the people of Arkston and Wickham-Bond Hunt because they don't know where they are Um, we're told on one hand um, that the officers are not going to carry this forward into the local plan but then we're told in this paragraph and I've just said that um, it could be brought back and uh, I think we need to say tonight whether this is suitable or not suitable and uh, get rid of it once and for all or tell the people no we may consider it again at a later date I think to leave them floating around in the air like this uh, is very wrong and I will not support uh, the recommendation well not I will support it not going forward into the local plan but nothing else
0: Councillor Dean. <coughs> so, Councillor Dean, could you just put off the other?
3: Thanks. As you know, Mr. Chairman, I'm usually the first person to spot a plot if I think there is one, uh, and in this case, I don't really think that there is. I think that uh, we're probably dealing with semantics or the way that this has been phrased, rather than any uh, devious. Uh, attempt to hide something and then and then bring it back i mean I, I guess if we think about anything that goes into the local plan the, which lasts several years there 's always a chance that circumstances change and something may come back in or something may go out at any stage but um, and and i can 't see any um, purpose or, or any merit in leaving the words due to other suitable sites being promoted because, I mean, that must apply to anything. In other words, if we haven't got other sites, then we don't have a local plan unless we find sites somewhere, be that for um, uh, fixed housing or or this type of site. So I wonder whether um, a recommendation from this working group which read, owing to the lack of an NPPF compliant flood risk assessment concerns about safe access and egress from the site through flood zone 3 harm to the protected lane and lack of acceptable detail regarding mitigation measures it is recommended to cabinet that the site that the 5 acre site is not taken forward in the local plan process <laughs> I mean, I think it does the same thing, but, but I think it's clearer to everybody and it, it takes away that suspicion that we're yeah. up, up to something, which I'm sure we aren't, but um, I think it's important to, to, be, you know, to be clear.
2: Um, thank you. Thank you, Chairman. I mean, we have a recommendation here today. The, the, the actual words of it um, we may or may not argue about. We actually have three recommendations. We have a recommendation that Five Acres does not go forward, that Pennington Lane does not go forward, but the hilltop does go forwards. But what I'm concerned about is this concept of it going to Cabinet. We don't sit anywhere and discuss a particular site and say it's not going to go to the local plan and send it to Cabinet, and I don't see that there's any methodology for doing that. This is a planning policy working group that informs the work the officers take forward towards the local plan, and I can't see how we can argue every site and take every site that anyone may or may not want for housing or gypsies or employment through this body to Cabinet, which is what we could end up doing if if we take this to Cabinet. And I don't know where that idea came from. Um, I mean, I think the recommendations as they stand in this document are fine, and that that is the the basis on which the officers will prepare um, the site allocations going forwards.
3: Mr. Czech Chairman, is it it intended that this particular bit at this stage of the process goes to Cabinet for clarity or is it just going to get wrapped up in the local plan process, you know, in which case, uh, you know, this working group recommends that officers remove the five-acre site uh, from the local plan process? Uh, I don't mind which way it's going. But
0: yeah, that, 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 that is what we're recommending. I mean, it will go through Cabinet to full Council. Full in, Council will make the decision. In but due course. But in as due part course. Of, as part of yeah, the whole. but we're recommending that this is not right. part of
3: it. Right. Yeah, I mean, can I just clarify, one of, the, one of the roles of this working group in the past, and I think now, is on certain things such as the, uh, whatever it was, the document that we agreed last time then went to Cabinet, did it not? Statement of Community Involvement. Statement of Community Involvement. Thank you, Mr. Taylor. In this case, we're not at a stage where small sites like this are going to go to Cabinet and I, I I would want to try and assure everybody who is listening to this that I can't see that it needs to do because it will be wasting everybody's time. Mm. What we want to do here is to make an an unequivocal statement to our officers not to pursue this as the plan goes forward, Yeah, as as this working group will do with a lot of things, like, like all the rest of the agenda so far. We haven't actually been here to recommend all those papers to Cabinet for them to spend time on it later this month, and, and I think that's what applies here. So I just want to spell that out just to make sure that you know nobody in the public thinks that we're doing things differently on this item. We're not, indeed, we're not. Mr. Taylor, you wanted to comment?
8: Um, yes, I mean, only um. Uh, Councillor Dean is, is right, I mean the intention wasn't to take these items specifically to Cabinet but it would feed into that process so when we came to consider uh, you know, the consultation, we came to consider site allocations and obviously those would go to Cabinet and then um, eventually on to full Council. Um, but I just wanted to uh, perhaps draw members back to the covering report which does talk about wider range of sites um, and the, the conclusion of the previous um, consultation from December to February earlier this year. There are, the, the five acre site which has been a lot talked about tonight was, was the only one left hanging if you like, um, that was part of that formal consultation because it had been submitted earlier. and. The officers have now reached the the final recommendation, but there are two others, um, and we mustn't forget those as well, um, which came up as part of that consultation. And we've now done the same background work as we've done on on the others to to prepare the the, the papers before you. So there are um, three different sites um, that are being brought um, forward officer recommendations to note but i've heard councillor rolfe in terms of you know supporting the officer recommendation or whatever the final wording is which which is which is acceptable Um, this is an important part of the local plan process mr payne earlier said that this was the one that tripped molden up um, and we must make sure that we do things correctly throughout the process so uh, it is an integral part of the local plan process or will be going forward Um, so I do appreciate the period of time uncertainty, but also, as Mr Payne said earlier, that to some extent, the local plan process, the amount of um, yeah, discussions within the, within the public domain um, that go on over a number of years. But the, uh, there are recommendations on three sites, um, Chairman, of which you need to make decisions on tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Uh,
13: Sorry, I, have to, I want to make this point clear. It does say which initially appear unfavourable, may later be reintroduced. can we be assured that this will not happen in this case? It will definitely not go forward into the local plan because there may be circumstances that may change, which makes it favourable. So can we uh, be assured now that this won't happen?
12: What
0: we're about to put to the committee, the vote, is item 10, but I will come back to Mr Councillor Dean's point in just a moment, that uh, this working group um, supports the recommendation that this does not proceed to the next stage of the plan making process. So we are saying it shouldn't go forward. Now um, this is I think the third iteration uh, of a fairly full meeting and um, we have we have listened most carefully. We have come a very long way. I think we should remember that because when we started this process, Five Acres was part of the process. Tonight we are saying it shouldn't be part of the process. Uh, And that is a giant step forward. So we we, we have listened most carefully. And I I think residents should gain comfort from the position uh, that we are in. And we are making a recommendation that was pretty much what was asked for at the initial meetings. Now, Councillor Dean's point – which was that we are basically uh, supporting, uh, in terms of why the recommendation was made, the lack of a MPBF compliant flood risk assessment, concerns about safe access and egress from the site through flood zone 3, harm to protected lane, lack of acceptable detail regarding mitigation measures. It is Now, I'm very happy to include that. Uh, I I think it's it's stated uh, and assumed uh, that because we're following the recommendation, we follow those points anyway but if it fleshes it out to everybody's greater satisfaction, I'm perfectly prepared to do that but that is is why uh, officers made their recommendation so if we want to repeat that, then that is is fair enough, so I'm happy to do that. I'm sorry, I can't take any points from the floor now. No, I'm sorry, There there are no points from the floor now, I'm sorry. There are no points. I'm going to put this to the committee. There are no points from the floor now. Please, please, I'm not taking any points. That's the end of it. I haven't shouted you down. I have listened to you patiently for 15 minutes, as we have done on previous occasions, and I've just indicated we have taken this whole process a huge step forward. We've listened most carefully. We've taken into account every point that has been made, and we've come to a position now uh, where I'm going to put to the committee... That point Point 10, that officers have recommended that the potential gypsy and traveller site at five acres does not proceed to the next stage of the plan making process uh, because, uh, and then I can read this out again if, if that would be helpful, the lack of a, a, a compliant flood risk, I won't repeat the whole thing, um, uh, concluding acceptable detailed mitigation measures. So is, is, is the working group clear about the, the proposal that I'm putting to them?
2: I would like to add paragraphs 13 and 14, Chairman, which I'm going to
0: take. take yeah, I'm going to take each of them, but we'll do one at a time. But um,
3: uh, I'm on item 10 at the moment. Councillor Dean. I mean, I, I would just like the decision to end by saying after mitigation measures, the working group supports the five acres site being removed from the local plan process. I, th- I think that terminates it quite well and, and is unambiguous. Do,
0: do you agree? I think it's the same words, but just, 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 just read out what you're proposing. I think it's the same
3: thing. Well, it starts off by saying, owing to the lack of NPPF, et etc. Et regarding mitigation measures, the working group supports the five acres site being removed from the local plan process. Yep, it is the same words,
0: different way around. Everybody crystal clear on those words. I put those words to the committee. Those in favour. Those against, those abstaining. One abstention. So that is the motion that is passed. I now move to item 13. Um, We can add the words, but it is the same principle behind Pennington Lane Stansted that the uh, working group supports officers' recommendation that this does not proceed to the next stage of the plan making process. Those in favour of that? Unanimous. On item 14, uh, all I'm proposing to do is to note uh, that uh, this matter came before the planning committee um, and uh, who turned down planning permission. I don't think there's anything further for this group to do tonight on this site. Those in favour of can that sorry, notation... Can I
3: clarification? You make. It remains in the local plan process. Is that the case then? so we don't we don't need to take a view on it. correct. We do not need to take a
0: vote a view on it because it has been turned down at the planning committee,
3: but it remains in the local plan process, is it? Is that correct Yes.
0: yes. But it's been turned down, so, so
3: it would If it's there, unless we want to take it out, we don't need to take a vote. That's what. That's the point. But correct. We do not need so to take just, a vote. We can, we can just note that it remains in the local plan process. But that it has been turned down at the planning committee. Um, rec- re- re- yeah, noting that it's also been t- yeah. a specific application has correct. been turned down. Yeah. We've noted. Uh, of course it could be
0: subject to appeal. Yeah. Noting? That yes. duly noted. Thank you very much indeed. We now move on to item 9 which is the replacement waste local plan revised preferred approach. Mrs. Nicholas but I have one speaker Mrs. Cheatham. That's not the way we did the last one but if that would be preferred Would you prefer to listen to Mrs. Nicholas? Okay. On this occasion, we'll go. Mrs. Nicholas will speak first.
1: Um, This is rather a technical, dry document, so um, please bear with me. Um, So we've got the replacement waste local plan, revised preferred approach. Essex County Council is the authority with the duty to plan for waste, and they've published their revised preferred option sorry, revised preferred approach for consultation and comments are due by the 30th of July. The documents are available on the county website and the address is shown on the background papers um, in the report. Um, This is the document. (laughs) So you have a non-technical summary. The plan itself, the large one here is a site assessment and methodology report for the whole of the county and then you've got another document on areas of search assessment and methodology. So as set out in paragraph 14 this plan is an extra stage in the process taking on board changes in national policy and evidence base but building on the work that had been undertaken by the county in 2011. The plan is made up of spatial vision, strategic objectives, spatial strategy, core policies, preferred site allocations and development management policies. The key points on the vision, objectives and spatial strategy are set out in paragraph 15 onwards, which um, officers are supportive of. Paragraph 20... Sets out the waste capacity needs for the county. Paragraphs 21 and 22 explain that um, all proposed sites are uh, to be safeguarded until they're delivered and then strategic sites would, re- would remain safeguarded. And paragraph 23 um, is about the county identifying zones where the county wish to be notified of applications for development. Um, and officers here are just concerned about unnecessary um, sort of clutter of notations on the local plan and feel that this this information can be um, provided and um, in in other ways. Moving on to the methodology of identifying the proposed sites, um, stage one excluded sites on the basis of criteria um, set out in paragraph um, 27, so you've got um, site size, area shape, availability, flood risk, groundwater vulnerability um, and international and national um, sort of designations. Stage two excluded sites that were in the green belt or on transport grounds and then stage three considered those sites which hadn't, hadn't already been excluded being assessed against 12 criteria. And so then turning to the sites within Uttlesford, so we're looking at um, paragraph 32, you've got um, Little Bullock's farm, which there are two sites, and Crump's farm in Great and Little Canfield. Um, three sites were put, there, so there were three sites that were put forward, um, but it Essex County Council didn't consider it appropriate to have three separately operated waste facilities. Therefore, um, Crump's Farm was not recommended for allocation and Little Bullock's Farm A22, which is the most southerly site um, is proposed for recycling and landfill that's construction waste and the other Little Bullock's Farm A23 is for Um, stable, non-reactive hazardous waste, that's an asbestos-type waste. And officers are concerned about all these different operations, including the um, existing minerals extraction site, um, proposed and existing, um, taking place in close proximity. And also the paragraph um, 35 goes on to set out um, what county has said about the use of the site for um, the stable non-reactive hazardous waste that it's uh, having to find a site due to a closure of a site elsewhere and um, that so the waste at the moment is going outside of the district or outside of the county even sorry Um, so it's whether um, looking at um, whether that can continue or whether they need to um, look for it within the county but there is a view of being able to meet your own needs within the county as well Um, Moving on, Paragraph 38, Elsinham. This is recommended again for um, construction waste recycling Um, and officers are concerned about the impact of the development on the Elsinham Hall and its settings and um, ask why the existing mineral site to the north um, can't be utilised. Paragraph 40, Chelmsford Road, Great Dunmo. This has been a long-standing site for a waste transfer, which the Council supports, and it supports that the site should be safeguarded. Um, the Planner also proposes to allocate the site, and officers are just concerned about the impact if, of that use if it, if it grows beyond what it has permission for. Whittington and Thaxted, which are paragraphs 42 and 43... Um, These were excluded due to um, transport issues, so that's excluded under Stage 2, but officers consider that these sites um, should not be considered further if there was a need to look for more sites. And the final section of the uh, consultation is about areas of search, which is paragraph 45, and the aim here is for County Wish to provide some flexibility to the plan beyond the allocated sites. So it looked at existing employment land to provide locations for waste management facilities. And two sites are shortlisted in Attlesford, Ashton Road Commercial Centre in Saffron Walden and Start Hill, Great Hallingbury. Um, officers suggest that both these sites are reconsidered in the light of recent planning permissions. Um, So we're looking for member agreement to the comments to be submitted to Essex County Council and any any other further comments that you wish to be made. Um, But but subsequent to that also, officers are meeting with county officers in September after they've analysed all the representations to discuss our response and respond specifically to queries raised and discuss detailed issues. So it will be ongoing. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much, Mrs. Tewton.
14: Thank you, Chairman. I am here actually as a council chairman for Takeley Parish Council, and thank you for letting me come and uh, speak about your response to the Essex County Council uh, waste waste local plan. Um, I hope that you will take on board the following points when you make your representations. Uh, I am here just to talk about Little Bullocks Farm, Crumps Farm, and Elsnham Gaunt's End. Um, the Parish Council are concerned about the Bullocks Farm site as we are not sure how the county expects to access this site um, while the entrance to Crump's Farm is off the 1256 but they're deciding not to go ahead with that one um, the Bullocks Farm the two accesses that, that I have or that I know of are Down country lanes over a restricted, weight-restricted bridge, narrow lanes and close to housing, or across the Flitchway, past a new housing estate that we passed um, last year and is now being built uh, at the moment and we are strongly opposed to the SNRHW, that's the asbestos type waste, being dumped in this area as we feel it is a site in the wrong location as it has poor road access. It's close to other sites of non-hazardous waste and we are concerned that leaching could happen between these sites and also to the surrounding area. And as I've said before, access is bad down here. Elstom grants end the designated route as is the other uh, routes coming through to get to these narrow lanes, is through Takeley Street and Takeley Four, Four Ashes for Elsinore. And currently, there are 400 trucks through the village every day and about 80,000 a year. The levels of NOx were very close to unacceptable limits when monitored this past winter at Takeley Four Ashes. Essex talk about stopping imported waste by 2026. Um, why can't they stop some of the non hazardous waste now? Because a vast percentage of the trucks that come through the are waste from other areas. But I go back to the point that the road access, and it's interesting, you've been talking about road problems all evening, um, is very bad, Through this area, the 1256 is a, well, it's a B road, but of course it was the old A120. Uh, We thought we'd have peace and quiet once the new A120 was built. Um, That is absolutely a pie in the sky for us because the road is being disrupted, the potholes are bad, and the villages are have a lot of disturbance. Could I just add, and I'm just closing, um, I feel that we need to look at, we need to tell Essex to look at these sort of sites near to go, need to go near the A120s or the A or, or, the, or the major roads and not through country lanes. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Mrs. Stützmann. Comments, uh, Councillor Barker.
2: Thank you, Chairman. Um, As noted, I am the County Councillor for this area. Um, When I read one of those documents, it wasn't the great big one, but one of the slightly smaller ones, what I didn't really understand was the timetable for all of this, because some of the sites being put forward appeared to be also in the minerals plan. But they haven't had the minerals taken out yet, so I'm not sure when we could put something a hole where something hasn't come out of yet. And it wasn't very clear to me exactly sort of the timescale on which this will run. And it also seems strange to me that because apparently there was only one site come forward for hazardous waste, that the county haven't gone out on areas of search. If they've done it on other ones, why haven't they done it on this one? Um, it's a bit like, you know, if the only proposal we get for housing is in Newtown, we say, no, 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 we need some other sites. And it, it does seem quite odd to me. You know, this is evidently a commercial thing. Somebody will be earning lots of money putting a specialist in a hole in the ground somewhere. Um, it's very surprising to me that there hasn't been more than one applicant across the whole of Essex. And if indeed we are coping for the whole of Essex, a place on the western extremity is not the most, perhaps, central location.
0: Thank you. Other comments? I'd like to support what Councillor Barker has just said. I I, I think, um, I've got it right, Bullock's Farm um, needs further investigation and I don't think we should just accept this, uh, particularly for the nature of what's being dumped there um, and the points about uh, well, I don't want to impose this on anybody else, but it, it does seem absurd that you're bringing this kind of waste into away from a, a, a main arterial route. Um, and um, you, you know there must be alternative sites in, in, in Essex. So I think the if I'm summarising the committee correctly, um, the view of this committee is that we. Uh, want you to tell Essex to review that uh, particular aspect, but otherwise it, it i believe the can
9: I just clarify sorry can I just
0: clarify that that is uh, the one site just in our district and not in the county so you're saying that they 've only found one site in the whole of the county is that correct
1: I think that's correct it may be the only because s- it like we t- with housing it's um, ...led by operators suggesting their sites. So whether it's the only operator as well that has suggested... that So that, that they're means willing potentially we in.
0: could take the waste from the whole county?
1: But that's... Yes, OK. No, I mean, most of it is... is, um, is we look after our own waste in the county. Um, obviously, waste doesn't... Um, you know, recognise county boundaries, so there is a little bit of in and out on the edges... <laughs> Yeah, but again. basically, um, and I think that's set out in one of the um, objectives or visions that's in there, that it, they, you know, consume their own, you know, deal with their own waste within the county. Okay. Um, but we can clarify that point about um, the hazardous waste.
0: Okay. Thank you very much. So I think that just emphasises the point that I was making—that we're most uncomfortable about this particular aspect of the proposal. Um, so if that can uh, be taken back, that we don't accept that at the current stage.
3: Um, but I. I don't have any specific comment to make, but what it does highlight to me is in some cases my lack of knowledge of where these places are or at least that I have ever been to them and and I know at some stage we have talked about the need for this working group to get out and about. I wouldn't want to do it just to go and look at tips but uh, if we can somehow or other incorporate that into whatever we do in due course it might informed, maybe we end up being better informed.
0: Yes, I guess this is a process because they're out to consultation on this at the moment, and, and uh, but, I, uh, no, I absolutely take your point. Um, we, we need to be uh, better informed.
2: I, I think the thing is, as a county member, we're quite often told about minerals, waste, this sort of thing, and you do come to learn where the gravel is in the county, so that's the places it's going to come out, so that's the roads it's going to use, and we dig far more out than we need to put back in space, than we need spaces to put back in. I think it's a ratio of about 10 to 1, but it is very difficult when you just look at our response in isolation compared to the picture across the whole county. But, you know, if you look at where the gravel extraction is, it is a band across North Essex, and if you go some parts of Essex, there is no gravel, there is no sand, and therefore we are providing them as well as providing ourselves, as well as providing London.
0: Okay, with the qualification that we've discussed, um, the recommendation is laid out at uh, item 10, the comments set out below are considered by the group and sent to the Council, Essex Council along with any additional comments which we have just made um, as our response to the revised preferred approach of the Replacement Waste Local Plan. Are we in support of that? Those in favour? Unanimous. Thank you very much. Um, the only other item is the date of the next meeting which will be an interesting one. Um, uh, and uh, so there's no other business. I declare the meeting closed. Councillor Lodge.
6: So, one small point. Um, could we possibly have plans for future meetings? I don't think. Do we, do
8: we have dates there? Um, we haven't, uh, but I did discuss it with Mr. Payne and I have asked him to set up a range of dates, um, September onwards, so that we can have a range of meetings put forward in the calendar.
0: Excellent, thank you. And we did promise Councillor Oliver that we'd try and avoid Mondays. But uh, thank you very much indeed for your time. Much appreciated.